Welcome to the podcast, NGSS and Beyond. I am your host, Carrie Williams, and I look forward to sharing some of my understanding about NGSS and other STEM-related topics for teachers with very busy lives. Not everyone has time to check out blog posts and their Twitter feeds, so hopefully you can find some time on your way to work or on your lunch break for quick professional learning opportunities in 10 minutes or less. So thanks for joining and let's get started. Welcome back to NGSS and Beyond. Today's episode is more on the NRC framework and this time we're going to dive into the three dimensions and more specifically the science and engineering practices. So the structure of the framework is divided into three dimensions and These three dimensions, if you are unfamiliar, which most of us are pretty familiar by now, are the DCIs, which are the disciplinary core ideas. These are very similar to what we've used in the past with our content-driven standards. And then we also have the science and engineering practices, and this is really what the students are going to do. This is how they engage in science and engineering, just as real scientists and engineers also engage in their fields. And the last one is the cross-cutting concepts, the CCCs. And this is really about giving students a lens to help them make connections, not only among the domains of science, but across all subject areas and to help them dive a little bit deeper into their thinking uh, when they explore those disciplinary core ideas and engage in those practices. They should be helped to make connections through using those cross-cutting concepts or the CCCs. So we're gonna take a real close look today at why we are using the science and engineering practices in the next generation science standards. So the term practices is used instead of skills because we're trying to stress that engaging in science and engineering requires a coordination of both knowledge and skills. And this refers back to the original guiding principles of the framework as well, that we're not just memorizing facts anymore, that we are also teaching students um, how to engage in the practices. And it requires a coordination of both. They both are important. In order for a student to engage in a practice, they must not only understand the skills required to engage in that practice, but they also must have knowledge related to the disciplinary core ideas in order to effectively engage in that practice. However, the converse is not necessarily true. So we've seen time and time again, we have our A students who can memorize vocabulary terms and diagrams very, very easily. They can tell you all the parts of a cell and how those cell organelles function. But if you gave them a real world phenomenon, such as a disease in a cell, it's not functioning correctly, they're not necessarily able to apply that knowledge into that phenomenon and give you an explanation. And really, this is the goal of all scientists, is to be able to provide explanations about the world around us, about phenomenon, and be able to argue with evidence that our explanation is accurate or as close to accurate as we can discover at this moment. And so if students are not able to explain phenomenon, then we've kind of missed the boat here. So hopefully by focusing on the practices with that combination of skills, we will have better prepared our students. Another benefit of engaging students in the practices, hopefully, would be to 
allows students to see how creative and meaningful the work is that we do as scientists and engineers. For example, we're trying to figure out, we maybe provide them phenomenon on how to provide sufficient energy or prevent and treat diseases. Maybe we look at fresh water supplies and food supplies for growing populations. How do we address climate change or what are the factors associated with climate change? These are real world phenomenon that hopefully students will feel interested in solving and figuring out. So we pique their curiosity as well as hopefully motivate them to continue on with this work and their studies in the future, which is gonna benefit everybody and everything. So in order to shift to the science and engineering practices as the way that we do science and engineering, there's gonna be a shift in our instruction in our classrooms. Instead of introducing science as being done through a series of linear steps using the scientific method, we're going to look at the science and engineering practices as being the way we do science and engineering. And often the beginning of a textbook starts with introducing the scientific method. And we use those steps purpose through conclusion and we teach these steps or we've taught these steps in the past as the way we do science using a controlled situation. Often we're looking at experimental investigations that are probably done in a lab. But as we all know, there are many other science domains out there that actually don't control their experiments in a lab. So we need to look at the practices as a bigger umbrella of ways in which we engage in science and engineering and we need to switch to these practices to show the larger picture that also includes theory development, reasoning, writing, modeling, also looking at how to test really large volumes of participants, whether it be people or institutions, maybe environments or a culture or technologies. These are all things that scientists and engineers study, and really most of them cannot be studied in a laboratory. Engagement in the science and engineering practices should also allow students to recognize that knowledge is developed over time and why some parts of the scientific theory are more firmly established than others. Because science is constantly changing and that can be confusing if we don't understand the process of how we go about doing real science. This also leads to the idea that engaging in critique and evaluation are vital to the scientific world. That we must evaluate alternative explanations and compare using evidence in order to accept explanations. That we don't just blindly accept an explanation because it's in a textbook or because it's on the internet. That we know how to use evidence to and compare evidence of maybe two different explanations to come to conclusions or make a decision and critically think on our own which evidence more clearly supports the explanation. In the end, students must be able to know how to engage in constructing an argument, using evidence to make decisions about which explanations are the most satisfactory. Hopefully we can do this in our classrooms and allow our students to share their explanations and provide evidence from research or their investigations that support their explanations in order for our students to be able to be independent thinkers who understand how to approach a problem and critically think, identifying sources of uncertainty in order to make educated decisions about what is true. So this all seems 
Like, of course, this is what we want students to do. But the question is, how do we now do this in our classrooms? And it seems like kind of a lofty goal that we're going to create these critical thinkers who can, you know, act like scientists and engineers when we haven't been doing this. And I got to be honest, you're not going to be able to figure this out in year one of implementing the NGSS. And it's going to take many years of scaffolding activities and lessons for students so they build their skill sets in engaging in the science and engineering practices so that they're able to do this. Hopefully by the time they graduate 12th grade, they can call upon these practices when they need them to provide explanations or design a solution to an engineering problem. So one way to shift our thinking about how science and engineering is done through the use of an iterative and more creative approach of engaging in science and engineering practices is through using the term called cascading the practices. Now, I first read this terminology in the STEM teaching tool practice brief number 32. And if you have never read or used any of the STEM teaching tools, they are an incredible 